Because if you're going to lose 25 minutes down the rabbit hole in the blink of an eye, it better be a good experience. On this episode of The Creator's Pod, we discuss the pros and cons of hiring and using VAs to help with repurposing our content for use on all the platforms. We take a little look and ask the question, do vertical videos do anything to move the needle? Plus, Keely gets to put on her lawyer hat for a little bit. Thanks for listening. Now, this will be really interesting because, you know, um, mentors that I've had in the past are like, oh, man, you really need a VA. And I'm like, do I, though? A while ago, yeah, he said, you know, you may need a VA because um, there are certain things that you don't need to do because you need to focus on the creative stuff. The VA can do all of the other mundane things. And um, I don't know. I've been like playing that around in my head. I'm like, you know, yeah, somebody else could be doing this other stuff. But do I really need it, though? Am I organized enough to do that yet? How can I delegate this? You know, these are all the questions that are going around in my head. With having, you've got to have your own system sorted out, first of all, and have a process that you've got, in, you know, in order with uh, a structure to it, that then you can actually talk someone else through all that, rather than just saying, I need to get this stuff done and hand it to someone else. And then they go off and, and you know, do it in whatever way uh, they want to do it. You need to have something to instruct people on, basically. Yeah. I, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently that have been around this topic. So between, I, I listen to Full Focus uh, a lot. They're they've they've got sort of two uh, two branches of their podcasts that come out, and you know they they're in a clearly they're in a sponsorship arrangement with a VA company, and so they're talking about it a lot, and that's fine. But one of the things that uh, they talk about to actually get into the in the, into the mindset where you can hire a VA is that you do have to do a task audit. So that means that you start to diarize everything that you're doing your, in your business practice. So if you do 30 minutes of billing in the morning and accounting work, you got to write that down. You got to write down the time that you spend on the thumbnail. You got to spend you know, the two hours that you're into script, preparing your transcript and, and, and you diarize all those things. So you see what you're actually using your time on. And then it's what do those things cost? And if I could be generating, for example, $150 an hour doing this high level work, but I have this descript work that somebody else could be doing for $30 an hour then clearly for me to be doing that work is dumb. If that frees up that time for that $150 an hour work. Now we're, some of us, at least I think, and you can all chime in about this, is we're all at that point where do we have the $150 an hour work to actually do at this point? Or do we still need to be spending our time doing some of that because we don't have the high billable stuff coming in quite yet? Does that make sense? Am I on drugs? It does make sense. Yep. No, it's fine. If, if that's all you're doing is video stuff, but I have a full-time business that I've been running since 2002, uh, that takes eight or 10 hours a day every day. And it's what makes the money. So if I want to do this extra social stuff, I have to fill those shoes. I, I can't be doing, <clears throat> I can't be doing the, the, the video stuff in the middle of the day because the phone's ringing. I need to be selling. I need to be doing revenue stuff. And this content, content marketing stuff is not revenue specific. Like I can't make a video and make a thousand dollars, but I can make five phone calls and make, you know, 
who knows how much. So, um, mm-hmm. I need, that's where I need to put my time and it's not $30 an hour. What I'm looking at is going to that online jobs thing that Chris Giles was talking about. It's $3 an hour. I mean, you can mm-hmm. pay somebody 400 bucks a month and it changes their life. I've, I've used that before online jobs.ph is the, yeah. Oh, I've, you have? I've used that. Yeah. 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 Why are you not doing it now? I'm not doing it in my content creation stuff. I've got them doing other stuff for other things that I do, but in the content creation, I just haven't got that workflow yet. That's what I'm looking to do between now and the end of the year is just get all my systems in in place that then I can outsource it. The other thing to uh, Keely's point where you're talking about if you can generate more income, then that is obviously right. If you can be making more money doing something else than these lower end tasks, if you like, that you don't make money from, uh, then outsource those. But there's also part of that with me where... Um, I'm not necessarily generating money from editing uh, shorts out of my long form videos, but I kind of feel like I still would want to be in control of that creative process. So I know that there are people out there who'll say, oh, you send us all your live videos and we'll pull out stuff. I think, well, that's kind of removing me from the creative process of deciding like what I actually want to be snipping out of this. And especially when I've got guests on, I feel like I want to be a bit more in control of that rather than just leaving it to someone else. Um, So there is a little bit of a balance there between taking stuff on yourself that you'd still want to have that responsibility for as well. Well, I, my position is from the money just for doing from doing shorts. It's exactly what I'm going to have them do. If they take mm-hmm. my 20 minute or a 30 minute show and come up with 50 different sh- 30 second things, I don't have mm-hmm. to use them all. And I'm not going to let them yeah, post yeah. on my accounts. And mm-hmm. if I don't like them, I don't have to use them. And if that's true that, and I can art direct it. And I think over time, not even, I mean, maybe two or three months it would take to get somebody to where they know what we want exactly to where they're not Mm -hmm. wasting a lot of time doing all these extra things that we throw away. So that's kind of what I'm looking for, but they've got to have a really, really, really good, uh, excellent grasp of English. They've got to be a hundred percent, you know, like us talking to each other. They've got to be that good. So I Mm -hmm. can't, I can't have it because they've got to be able to listen to my show on their own, pick stuff out and use it and then try to figure out from an American standpoint, what do you care about in and out burger? Why does anybody care about this? Um, mm-hmm. But that's pertains to me only. And so I don't know if that would matter to anybody else, but that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know. I have a, um, a, a theory <clears throat> and I guess, you know, that's where you vet whoever it is. That's going to be doing this type of work for you. Right. Um, because you as a creator, so I, I mean, I agree with you, Alec, you as a creator, you kind of know how how you're curating what it, whatever it is that you're doing. And so, you know, me looking at the same content might say, oh, yeah, this is what I was thinking when we were talking about this. And so this is kind of where I want this to go. However, the person who might be, you know, chopping it up or doing, you know, doing all the things might not know kind of what I was thinking about or what, or, or, or what the content or the context of whatever it was I was saying. So it's just a little, I don't know. It's just me. Just, I need to let go. I know I need to let go. I know I have a little bit of a perfection thing, but, (laughs) but, you know, I'm thinking it'll be hard to do that unless you, unless that person knows you that well to say, Oh, okay. They can kind of like, you know, be your brain when you're not there, you know, unless you're doing something that's mundane, like, Oh, okay. Uh, we're, we changed the subject and they're like, Oh, okay. We just changed the subject. So they'll cut there or whatever. But you know, it just, 
a little different. It's to me, it it would be a little bit difficult to try to find mm-hmm. that person to be able to curate that information. That's not you. Yeah. So are we being check. a little bit snowflake about it though? Just a little bit, because I'm feeling the same thing. Like, Oh, I do feel hockey umpiring content. And nobody's going to be able to pick out important things that I say because they don't get it. But are we kind of, I, I mean, we're, we're trying to produce content for an audience that resonates for an audience. So what we're thinking is important and what we think really goes maybe isn't what the audience really wants to hear. And so as someone, as long as someone is remotely understanding of my sport, I think they probably could. If, I, if I'm going to be really critical of myself, I think they could, could probably tell when I'm saying something good and something that's oh, valuable. They certainly right? could. It's not like, it's not that like, oh, they're not capable. And arguably, you know, the, the people that you can get from online jobs.ph and other s- places like that, um, you know, they've got degrees in, <laughs> you know, film and, uh, you know, marketing and all these kind of things. So it's not a case of like, oh, I'm, you know, I've, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm better at d- doing it. It's just like, that's part of the creative process as well. That like, I kind of enjoy that, that part of it, I suppose. Um, but, uh, but definitely, you know, Rich, as Rich was saying that they will just, they'll get to know your sort of style as well. So, um, yeah, it's like working it's, in it's an office with somebody. You, you don't know each other on you don't know each other on day one. Exactly. And then by six months into it, you know everybody knows kind of everybody's thing. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm going with it. And it's I'm not asking them to turn to my bank accounts and do my book work and mm-hmm. any any of that kind of stuff. This is all fluff. This I mean, I don't want to say content marketing is unimportant, but it's not gonna make or break me. I mean, I'm in charge mm-hmm. of posting it. If they generate a whole bunch of crap that I can't use, then we just move on to the next one. And so it's a gamble, but it's not that big of a gamble. I mean, no. over three months, if I spend 1200 bucks on a guy and it doesn't work out or, you know, it, whatever. I mean, you'll, I'll be able to know in the first mm-hmm. four to four to six weeks, if it's, if this is the right thing or not. So anyway. So, so then how do you what, interview somebody work. for this? Zoom calls, you can do whatever you want. I mean, or you can, I mean, I, mean, I, I guess I, do I understand, the, I understand the format of the interview, but I mean, what is it that you're digging into? Um, to see if they are the right person. And I think um, the answer is different for all of us, but it is something to think about is don't just set up that Zoom call with with this potential hire if you don't have a plan for what we're going to be asking. Shoot, I should have you know, copied the questions. The guy that runs that site has a video um, where he goes through 30 questions or so that he sends them over the course of a few emails because he wants to see, first of all, how fast they respond to emails so he doesn't ask them all 30 questions in the first one. And they, and their questions like, where'd you learn English? Did you watch American TV? Was it Sesame street? Was it in uh Tagaline or Tagalese or whatever? Um, or was it English? I mean, we're, you know, that kind of, those kind of questions and, and how or do you have another job and all that kind of stuff. And it's just basically setting up a conversation and getting into some background. I don't think there's the laws that you can't ask somebody like in the U S you can't ask certain things of employees, but when you're doing this, I think you can ask them anything you want to. Um, if they have kids and all that kind of stuff, not that that is, matters is that to me. Something you can, yeah. Is that something you can drop into the show notes that the, where that resource exists? Cause I think a lot of people would be interested. In sure. Yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. That guy has a, uh, if you go to, uh, I'll think of the website in a minute, but it's not online. Well, I guess you get to it from that online jobs.ph. And then there's a link to his video and he's got another thing, which is a $49 course on how to use his website. And I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> you give them 50, bucks to, you give them 50 bucks to figure out how to do it. So 
You, anyway. you don't need, of course, to do it. It's it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that's that's what I figured. So, but the only thing I and another thing is it's seventy bucks a month. I think to have the because right now I can I've posted an ad and I've gotten thirty responses, but I can't talk to anybody and I can't say anything about them because I have to pay the seventy bucks a month to be an actual member. So, oh, interesting. interesting. But again, we'll we'll do it. We'll see what happens. What are the tax implications for that? It's an expense. It's just an expense like buying well, I mean, paper at Staples for, for me. Offshore, um, but it, it's an offshore hire, right? No, it, I'm, they're not a 1099. They're not even an employee. I'm just, as far as I know, I'm just paying. Mm-hmm. Like I pay a carpenter to come b- put a window in the wall over here or something. Yeah. I, I think that's gotcha. all it is. Gotcha. I don't know. Yep. For, I haven't looked at that, but I don't think it is. I don't think it's a. It, they're not, they're not clusters a. It's, yeah, it's not like having an employee in the U.S. or wherever you're based. And it's not even like okay. having a 1099 you're, you're, contractor. It's not even like having a U. I mean, you guys don't care about 1099s, but in the U.S., we have a thing where you pay service people on a 1099 form so you don't have to pay taxes. But I don't even think this applies to that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't think so. But I haven't And, of course, we're not giving tax advice here. We're, none of us are For financial sure. advisors. So please be sure to check with your own hired financial advisor to give you the appropriate geospecific tax advice. Thank you very In much. In your own <laughs> damn country, because we are diversified. We are worldwide over here. So Said so. like a true lawyer. <laughs> no kidding. Well, I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I mean, as soon as this conversation, I'm like, beep, 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 beep. Uh-oh, got to put a disclaimer in here and that kind of thing. But wow. I mean, this sounds like a neat place that a lot of us could sort of start exploring that because I think we're, we're all at the point where we know what we want to do with our like we're very focused on where we'd like to branch out and improve and maybe generate more content or uh, generate the same amount of content, but free up time so that we can do other income generating activities. And so if there's mm-hmm. a place that we can sort of gently start and a smaller process that we can document, we know how many hours it takes us and what we'd expect a VA to be able to help us with, then this, this could be really cool. So good discussion guys. Uh, the next thing on our little list is let's have a little look vertical video strategy. I think Alex has been more active in that than anybody, or maybe Michelle, have you done vertical stuff too? I have done some vertical stuff. I've got like 50, 11 videos, like on my phone that I need to go ahead and just dive in and do it. But the more important stuff would be, you know, prepping for the the weekly show and doing all the things. So yeah, I've got a lot of, a lot of stuff where I could just say, Hey, here are all these videos. Can somebody do something with it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, that is an interesting point though. And because we're all very consistent about generating our content, like we're doing our things. We all have our weekly, whether it's a live stream or it's a produced video sometimes like for Dina and we're, we're generating our content very, very well, but are we repurposing the stuff that we're actually generating and we just keep, we're on this hamster wheel of continually like, Hey, I've got another two hours of content this week. And then by the time I'm starting to repurpose, Oh, it's time for another live show. And so I feel like we all kind of have to get off that train somehow. And when you, and talking about engagement, I mean, I don't know if you meant to tie these together, but 
I'm, I don't know that I'm getting anything out of the vertical video stuff, um, except just, oh, look at all the numbers I got or didn't get. I think it's having like, a right. presence on these things so that people are like seeing you. And uh, I think the, the topic originally came up because we were talking about what is our strategy in terms of where are we putting the vertical video? You know, there's Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, TikTok. Are we just putting exactly the same stuff everywhere? What's the format of it and how are we treating them? And I think that's where it, where it all came uh, came out from but from for me it's more about having just that presence where people you're sort of top of mind for people even if it might not be bringing in a load of new people necessarily although i am seeing that my numbers are like they're going up slowly but they're going up more quickly than they were before i was posting stuff on which which numbers so, which numbers are you talking about uh, like followers on the, the platforms and like i say it's it's only a crawl at the moment on you know instagram and tiktok and places like that but it right. was just stationary before so, and you don't know um, where they're it, coming from. If you put something on TikTok, you don't know if that translates to a YouTube follower, right? Oh yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm just talking about on those actual platforms, but for sure, right. there's going to be people who are going to see those and potentially go and check out the podcast or check out right. the the YouTube site. So, yeah. and it's also for me about like a, a lot of the things I'm doing. Uh, although actually, m most of the short form videos I've done so far have just been extracts from the uh, like the interview podcast. But I will be putting more stuff on there that's specific to the the, the gear that I'm using really. Uh, and then tagging in the relative brands and to raise my awareness in their eyes. So that's the reason for being on LinkedIn as well. But then, you know, tagging the brands whenever something's mentioned, I'm noticing that the brands that I'm talking about are noticing the posts because I'm getting likes from them or, or comments in some cases. So for me, it's, it's that as well, just putting myself so that I'm always in their sites as well. So the strategy is really about brand awareness, really, you know, just mm -hmm. making sure, just, just, you know, spreading your seed everywhere so that they can see it and then it's like oh okay i remember this guy and you know the more they see you the more aware they are of your brand and stuff like that and hopefully you'll get them to you know take the next step in lead generation for me <gasps> it is about driving traffic to youtube right now it's mm -hmm. uh, i think my content might might not be all that different than yours, but sometimes I think it is. For me, I think right now, Instagram is the right place for me for reels because it lets me show home place life. And hopefully that will cross over into people clicking into the bio there and going, oh, okay, there's a live stream and she cooks. Let's go check it out. That's where I'm trying to go with it. And I've, I've been mindful about, from my perspective as a consumer of created content, is I look at Instagram as this is where I go to see something pretty. LinkedIn would be a different experience. Facebook, I just try not to go to. So every platform I look at as what what do most people do on this platform and how can the home place translate to that? And I haven't made the leap to very many other places. I put maybe four videos up on TikTok and that was me trying to be a little more me, the the goofy side of me. And um, those were different than Instagram, the Instagram stuff. Yeah, video. yeah. Oh, I, cool. I, I'm going to do more of the Dina on camera for for TikTok when I when I start doing that. That's my plan. Instagram, <laughs> I think, is just more about this place that I live in. Come check it out. And hopefully that's going to start to translate to people coming into YouTube. I, I don't know yet, though. Have you ever seen Emmanuel the Emu on TikTok? Oh, I love, I love Emmanuel. 
I love you know, me of, the way you talk to your dogs. She talks to this emu and he's always getting in her face. It's you should check that out. I'll find a link to that too. And put it in the notes. She's got emus, extremely aggressive chickens and like all kinds of those barn animals. And they all have human names. Not today, Brenda, you're not doing this today. And suddenly the chicken's like trying to bite her ankles. And it's well, the emu is always knocking her camera over when she's doing a, she's yeah, yeah, set up. yeah. Not to get the post. Yeah. Right. So that's why. It's pretty funny. Yeah. To that point about the uh, the sort of different platforms and having a, a different type of content going out onto each of them. So I've kind of wrestled with that as well. And uh, at the moment, I'm basically just sending all of my short form videos to all of the platforms exactly the same. I was changing up the uh, the sort of music in the background of them relative to the platform, but I'm actually knocking that on the head now in any case. I'm just going to, because then that involves actually, <laughs> I'm trying to reduce the, the sort of workload of going in and doing that. So I am just putting music on them from, you know, Epidemic, and then it's been posted as shorts, TikTok and uh, Instagram reels and Facebook or whatever as well. Um, but my thought process behind that is that um, if somebody is following me on all of the platforms, they might, may well get a little bit sick of seeing exactly the same thing on every single platform. But actually, I find that there isn't a massive overlap between the people who are following me on Instagram and the people who are following me on TikTok. I know you guys all do, but um, I'm finding there's a load of people who are on Instagram that just aren't on Twitter, TikTok, or the other platforms. So people do seem to have a favorite. And so I see it as I'm putting the same, you know, <laughs> the same message in a, you know, multiple different lakes, if you want, for want of a better analogy, but so that it is still the same stuff. But in addition to that, though, I am sort of adding in some stuff that is specific to that platform. So for example, Instagram, it's got the reels, but it has also got, you know, images and <laughs> things like that, that you would traditionally have on, on Instagram. So there is that thing where um there's not exactly the same content going out to multiple platforms but there is a big overlap that's the way i'm sort of approaching that and i'm interested to see because you're going to be gathering data for all of us in in a lot of ways <laughs> because you are if you're putting all the content and the same content in all those places you're going to get the feedback as to what truly does hit now we get told a lot of things about how oh tiktok's a very different platform and people are looking for different things but i'm starting to read articles about how people are starting to use tiktok as a search engine the way that they use youtube they want to find out how to cook a particular dish they search for it on tiktok because they want really? they want the instructional content but they just want it shorter and then they mm -hmm. want to find somebody perhaps that they like, and they're vetting a whole bunch of people who can make carne asada, but they will look at five different short pieces of content and then go, oh no, Dean is my person. I'm going to go click on there. I'm going to find her YouTube. And now I'm going to find a full whole live mm -hmm. stream on carne asada. So I think that we can get ourselves caught in a little bit of a, well, we're told that everybody's looking for different things. But do we actually have the data on it? And Alec, I'm really glad you're doing this because you're going to have the data for us. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I just know that I watch an Excel tips TikTok channel that has one minute Excel tips. <laughs> and that is not what you would say, you know, looking at a spreadsheet, there's no guy on, you know, or person on the screen. It's just literally here's Excel uh, and here's I'll do this, this thing. So that is not what you would think of as being a, you know, oh, this is what everyone wants on TikTok. But I watch it. So there's there's an audience for for everything. And I'm after the without having to do a load of extra <laughs> work to create some new type of content for that platform, because I just don't have the time for it. 
is there a way to bring people in with the existing stuff that I've got from those platforms? And Here's another thing. Um, so <clears throat> TikTok is a trigger for me. Um, not really, but, you know, I know that the way, the way that the, um, the content is curated, it's designed to bring long periods of, uh, you know, a long session time. Right. So like if the, if, you know, the algorithm will continue to feed you what you're looking for. So let's say, for instance, you see something, it'll continue to feed you what you're looking for. And, you know, that's great from the from the consumer standpoint. As a creator, right, um, you know, you go on there and you're very, very specific going on there looking for whatever it is that you're looking for so that you now can you now can create or curate your own version of said content, um, you know, so that you could create longer session times for people who are looking for what you're, what you're wanting, but it's a double-edged sword because you get sucked in and that's the, that's the slippery slope. So, uh, you know, I, you know, I was like, ah, I'm not going to make anything for TikTok, but then I did a couple of things in there and I was like, okay, that wasn't too bad. But every single time, every single freaking time, I open that app. 45 minutes later, I'm like, what happened to my time? I do not have that kind of time. It opens on the sort of general feed, but like swipe left and then you've got like all the people you actually follow. So you can either yeah. just swipe through the feed of everything that's that they're telling you to watch or you can say, right, okay, swipe left on the screen and then scroll. Uh, and then you're going through all the things that you actually want to watch. <laughs> so then you, you don't get the discoverability that way, but you're you're watching the content that you want to see. But I don't know if most people don't like know that to do that as well, or, you know, whether they just get shown like random stuff. I definitely oh do that. God. But the, the, the other side to that, Michelle, I mean, it's one thing for the consumer experience that you get sucked in for 45 minutes. But I, I talked about this at POV. Hi, did you know I talked about this at POV? That <laughs> the problem is that you, we're getting more discoverability and the duration of people's engagement with content on those platforms is longer because you get sucked into the vortex, but it's not on your content. It's on everybody's content. So you're fighting the battle against all the different things that are coming up in the algorithm for that person. And that's why deplatforming and being able to deplatform those people is so crucial for people like us because we're 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 still at that point where we're small enough that we're getting swept away in the stream of all the various things on these discoverable platforms, the recommendation media. So the only thing that I'm concerned about when making short content is, am I giving people in that 10 seconds, 30 seconds, 59 seconds, three minutes, something that they want to then chase me on YouTube about and go, oh yeah, this is, this is the stuff. I want to hear a longer conversation on why this isn't a drag on a penalty stroke, for example, or whatever the case might be. So that's the thing I think we, we need to be considering after we kind of understand what kind of content we want to target at each short platform is, all right, that's fine. Now, how do we get to them to the places where we can really build the trust with them? And we do that via live streams and long form right. content, right? Right. What does everybody think of shorts, YouTube shorts? I'm curious, just aside from your own content, when you're scrolling the feed, can you uh, characterize it at all? Do you feel like the algorithm is actually giving you something different, rich than it's giving me or Alec? Or no, we I'm, all I get see, the same I, I, stuff. No, I see the stuff I subscribe to. I don't know what you guys are subscribed to, so I don't know what you're seeing. If I mean, I, mm, I, I, see, I see the stuff I'm subscribed to. 
Yeah, I don't see anything. I mean, I see the ones that I've subscribed to, but I see a lot of other stuff too. And shorts, it's not no. relevant. If I go to Instagram, that's what I'm talking about. Shorts. If I go to Instagram yeah, or TikTok, I'm, I'm talking YouTube kinds of shorts. Stuff. Yeah, YouTube shorts. I always see everything. It's I'm pretty sure I see stuff that I'm interested in, or that I well, told them I was interested in. I may not be. It'll show you what 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 you watch. So, like, let's say for instance, you know, I love drag queens. Okay, so watch one or two drag queen shorts and then next thing you know your feed is full of drag queens but <laughs> i do see the things that i subscribe to too so you know like the the things i want to see yes i do see those i see their stories first i see all of those things first but then you know click on one random thing and then next thing you know they say algorithm and it's what you watch and all that stuff if i go look up how to change a water filter in my refrigerator my kenmore 8600 or whatever I don't all of a sudden start seeing how to change water filters in all kinds of refrigerators because I, I guess it's smart enough to know that I don't have all those refrigerators and I don't need to change water filters every day. But I, maybe I watch too many drag queens. I mean, maybe, I don't <laughs> You're know. just OTT, Michelle. Come on, get it under control. I mean, people say the algorithm shows you based on your history, and I don't, I don't know if that's 100% true um, because I don't subscribe to that refrigerator guy or a plumber that fixed the toilet or whatever. So I just don't ever. Right. I was just going to say, I find shorts on. probably is more accurate as an algorithm than i find on instagram or you know if i just leave it to the algorithm on instagram or tiktok i mean i had like three days last oh, no. week where i saw almost nothing but cockatiels <laughs> and i've got <laughs> no idea hilarious. why i never looked at one and it's like every time i went into instagram it was like there was the first you know out of the first five reels that it suggested like four of them were cockatiels like where on earth did this come from so <laughs> I think there's something you need to tell us, Alec. Your kids are grabbing your phone and doing something you're not looking. Maybe that. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not that. But okay. hmm, I, I would say in general that those algorithms respond to how much you cultivate them. So I mm. I don't watch a lot of YouTube shorts, and so my feed, I feel like I look at it and I go, "There's a lot of stuff I don't want to see here." I actually mm, yeah. use it less. Whereas I've, but I'm aware that I'm doing that. I'm trying to learn TikTok very quietly, just trying to understand it a little bit more. So I'm trying to cultivate a very specific feed and I'm paying attention to what I'm with. And if something comes up that I'm mildly curious about, but I know it's going to completely fuck up my algorithm, I'm like, Woo, I'm swiping up so fast because I don't want it to get the wrong idea. Okay. Don't, yeah. don't, don't get it twisted, TikTok. I, I, I wonder how much of our experiences are related to really the investment that we're putting in. And it's weird to talk about our social feeds as an investment, but it is in a way. It is an investment of time. It, it, it time. absolutely is. Because if you're going to lose 25 minutes down the rabbit hole in the blink of an eye, it better be a good experience. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so that's what Damn good that's why i'm like i don't even i don't even want to go there i just i just don't well, because, Dina, what's your what's your opinion on youtube short i mean you brought it up that's why i was asking what you were what was on your mind no, i was just curious to see if other people were having rando feed in in youtube and i think healy hit it is you know it our feeds are a product of what we put into them. And I have not been putting a lot into my YouTube feed at all. So not as a creator, but as a consumer. Yeah. So I can you, see now. Do you peruse YouTube yeah. as silver lining with that account? Or do you have a different account like me? No, I do it as silver lining most of the time, unless I it, happened to switch over for some reason. And, but and it's silver lining is, 
silver lining is subscribe to a bunch of stuff and watching stuff because yeah. my business yeah. channel i don't do hardly anything with as far as a consumer or a browser or viewer or whatever no i watch i watch a lot as silver lining that that is my primary identity it, it's almost like who was it that said it was kurt nugent who said during leap uh into podcasting which by the way if you're listening and you don't know what we're talking about ecam just sponsored a conference sure. on podcasting. And one of the messages I really got from him is like, if you want to be a podcaster, you need to listen to a lot of podcasts. You should be able to respond to the question, what's your favorite podcast like this and have a list of do, 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 like five that you just totally adore for different reasons, because you need to curate your own understanding of what makes a good podcast, things that you're learning out of that, that you're going to execute in your own practice. So I think for us, maybe that's a good reminder that you know, like I said, I want to understand TikTok. So I'm spending some intentional time on TikTok to see what I think I could apply in my two brands and what might hit and not spending that time on Instagram because I'm not sure, you know, where that can go for me with my brands, that sort of thing. Thanks for hopping on to our creator's pod. If you enjoyed it, tell your friends. And if you hated it, tell your friends. You can rate or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Creators Pod is produced by C22 Media. Alex Johnson, Dina Taylor, Keely Dunn, Michelle Lawrence, and me, Rich Graham. Thanks, y'all.